0: Of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So today, the first Sunday of Hatur, we are uh, approaching uh, the very beloved month of Kiyak. This is the last month before the month of Kiyak. And the last month before uh, the constant reminder of the Lord in the flesh is going to dwell among us. Uh, And with that said, uh, we hear the gospel that we have been hearing for so many times throughout our lives in church because it repeats, especially in the Coptic calendar when it comes to Coptic liturgical readings. repeats way too many times. Uh, the sower who goes out to sow. And it repeats because it is the story of our life. The sower, of course, is Christ. He sows His Word and His Spirit and His grace in each of our lands. And depending on our lands... Of course, and how much we want him to work with us And how much grace we would like him to work with Then the end result is different So, I think the Lord pretty much explains it very well So it's very nice to hear it one more time and focus Why were different grounds different? Now the parable is this, the Lord said The seed is the word of God Those by the wayside are the ones who hear Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their heart Lest they should believe and be saved But the ones on the rock are those who when they hear Receive the word with joy And these have no roots Who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away The ones that fall among thorns are those who when they have heard Go out and are choked with cares, riches and pleasures of life And bring no fruit to maturity But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word of the noble good heart, keep it, bear fruit with patience. And we're repeating this because it's a a passage we hear many times, but sometimes uh, we miss some parts. Like that last part, which we'll focus on uh, parts of it today. The last verse. But ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard... With a an noble and good heart, keep it, bear fruit with patience. But what caught my attention today was actually the Pauline. The Pauline epistle uh, is from uh, our teacher Paul's epistle to the Corinthians, Second Corinthians, and the church picks this passage out. Um, and in the beginning, you'd wonder why why this passage specifically. Saint Paul is speaking uh, to the Corinthians, and he's telling them, "I'm about to go to Jerusalem." He, Saint Paul used to do this all the time. Many of his epistles, you'll hear him mentioning quote the saints that he's about to go to, and that he quote should want uh, when he comes to these you know churches, he would like them to contribute to the saints. Yeah, so he would go to Jerusalem. He would help the ones who are in need in Jerusalem. He would call those who are in need saints. And in this passage, if you just, you know, keep reading, it just keeps talking about, hey, please, you know, uh, please give your obligations. Please give your, you know, uh, whatever you're going to give to the Lord, to the saints. Okay, so what does that, you know, having to do with anything with the sower? At the end of that passage, or at least the passage of, The the church picks out A very important verse comes up In verse 6 and 7 St. Paul says this The point is this He who sows sparingly Will also reap sparingly And he who sows bountifully Will also reap bountifully Each one must do as he has made up his mind Not reluctantly or under compulsion For God loves a cheerful giver Another translation So let each one give as he purposes in his heart Not grudgingly or out of necessity For God loves a cheerful giver Of course this is talking about a contribution to the saints But why is our church relating this passage to the parable of the sower? Because we each have a contribution to make When it comes to Christ throwing seeds in our hearts Yes, he throws the seeds. But the act and the, and the planning and the actual labor of sowing, of throwing the seeds in the ground, of planting the seeds, it's always in synergy. It's always God in us. It's always with our own free will that we must accept this gift. It's always us working with God to prepare our fields so when the seed lands, it's ready. And um, sometimes we don't do this We don't do this Why? Because we all are trying But there's a difference between trying And trying with all our hearts I'll read the verse again uh, Which is on the screen The word, sparingly is a very interesting word He's not saying people who don't actually sow seeds He's talking to everybody who Nowadays is, quote, in church Everybody who is, quote, sowing seeds Who is planting seeds Or God is planting seeds in their lands But some plant sparingly Sparingly meaning without continuation From time to time Sometimes yes, sometimes no No consistency And he's saying what? If you are sowing sparingly you will reap, but sparingly. If you sow bountifully, with abundance, then you will reap bountifully. The same idea with us, and that's why Christ very much focuses in all his sayings and all his teachings about you cannot serve two masters, and when we are divided, when we sow sparingly, we let the land go to waste. We don't actually fulfil our full potential. There's a story in folklore, fictional story, talking about a man who was selling his house. And this house was on sale with its servants. It comes with its servants. It comes with the biggest garden, it comes with the biggest you know, three-story home, it comes with all kinds of rooms, it comes with everything you need. And the actual price of it, you know, let's say for the sake of, you know, this story, you know, $3 million. He's selling it for about $10. Of course, everyone wants to get the house. He puts it on sale. One of us walks in. I love this house. I want to take this house. Let's sign the contract. He starts signing the contract. And while we are reading the contract terms... Very straightforward, just like any other house, except one clause This man had a clause saying There is a nail in the house that came from my father And I love that nail very much I'm very attached to it Therefore, I can visit it when I need to So we, you know, we speak to the owner of that house What's going on? Uh, What is that clause? What does that mean? The owner of the house states very clearly, Oh, you know, the house is yours. You know, this is all yours, no problem. It's just that, you know, I have very sentimental attachment to the snail on the wall, and I can't take it out because it was put there by my father. Therefore, please, that's my one condition. You get the house, you get the servants, you get everything for a very cheap price. I'll say, cheap price. And we'll emphasize one more time, cheap price. But, you know, that cause has to be there. Of course, alright, it's just a nail. Fine. Signed a contract. A week later, the guy shows up. Hey, I'm here to see my nail. Spends an hour with it. Exits. Another week. Hey, I'm here to see my nail. Spends another two hours with it. Two days later, shows up. Hey, I'm here to see my nail. And then the next day, eventually... He's not leaving the house He's living in the house That's what Satan does with every one of us When we give him just a little clause In our land Just a little tiny part of our land That we let him have And I'm, you know, it's okay I have made my peace with the fact that You own this part of the land You own this nail in the house You can come visit it anytime No problem And when that happens Satan eventually does what? He takes over our entire lives. Our lives are darkened and we don't see the, the reaping. We don't see the fruits. We don't see the the, the, many, grace, the many graces that God you know, showers us with. Not because God is not working. Not because God is not throwing his word at us. But, but we're giving the devil a little piece of the land. A little nail. I want us to really focus on. Let's clean our place. Let's tidy up our contracts. Let's make sure our hearts are purposed. As the verse says here, each one must do as he has made up his mind. He purposes in his heart. Another translation says. Is my purpose to fully go in, or is it to do the halfway thing? Because if when I do the halfway thing, guess what? All it takes is one kind of weed. And when weed comes in, it spreads. Just like, again, the story of the nail. You have that clause in the contract, he's going to come in the house anytime he wants. When we talk about real life. You know, if I let lust in, for example. If I let stealing come in, for example. If I let in anger come in. Uh, spreading rumors, talking about others. Anything like that. It will make all my life lukewarm. It will slowly but surely turn my land into a field of weed. Into a field that is not, unfortunately, not ready for the word of God to come and dwell in abundantly. Like it says here. Uh, The first thing again, let's clean our garbage, please. Let's, all of us, me first. I feel like sometimes, you know, sometimes I keep garbage in my life. I keep things in my heart that I shouldn't. Sometimes it's simple stuff, sometimes just indifferent habits. You know, a habit of, I don't know, uh, prioritizing football games on Sundays. I'm confessing my own sins. Or, you know, prioritizing going out with friends over service. Or prioritizing talking with friends over helping my family, etc. The second thing we need to focus on and be aware of in our fields is we need to take the weed out because again, if we let just a little thing in the devil will take over beautiful verse that I really love from Romans and this concept keeps repeating in the New Testament if you uh, look hard enough do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds the concept of renewing our minds is the reason why we're here is the reason why when Sunday school kids ask us why are we learning about the story for the hundred and fiftieth time? We say what? It's okay, you'll learn something new because we are renewing our minds. If I don't renew my mind, I am susceptible to anything, to any kind of attack, to any kind of clause written in a contract. Renewing our minds constitutes of all different kinds of things that we do in church and out of church. But I think a couple of the things That we should of course take note Aside of course I'm reading scripture daily And time with God daily And quiet time with God daily Because again If we don't sit with our protector With our creator With our love Well we'll have We'll be very weak Because we'll be in war But we won't be able to utilize our weapons We'll be ready in the time To sow our seeds But we won't have our tools So we can actually cultivate the land So we're ready when the seed comes When God comes And I can feel Him then The couple things that I want to make note of, just a quick reminder of them, is the need for communal prayer and private prayer. These are constituting the renewing of the mind. Of course, Christ said, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who's in secret, and the one who's in secret, your father, will reward you openly. That's a verse in Matthew 6. But also, communal prayer is important. And we all fall in this trap... And I fall in this trap too Sometimes we think Communal prayer is enough Or private prayer is enough There's a reason why we're all gathered here today That private liturgies don't really exist The idea of a liturgy is a public calling out It's a summoning Actually the word for church Ecclesia Literally comes from the Greek word To summon To call out To invite It's a group effort That's why Christ keeps saying And St. Paul keeps repeating, and all the New Testament keeps stressing, we are one body with many members. We're not supposed to fight this war on our own. We are supposed to fight in a group. We are in a war. And yes, of course, there's a part that we do on our own. And that's part of the renewing of the mind. Renewing of the mind, of course. The word for mind is the same as the word for soul in Greek. Yeah? So the renewing of the self... Yeah, so that concept of renewing itself of course happens privately In my own time But also needs to happen communally Because when I see, for example Another confession When I see people praying in I'm encouraged by them Right? They're encouraged by me We support one another Even when I lose focus Even when I can't attend one time I open it up And I'm listening, I'm realizing My brothers and sisters are fighting For themselves, their families and me They're praying during that time Lord, all the sick, heal them Those who have slept, repose them And those who are in need Help them That's me I'm reminded that there are people fighting In the spiritual life Therefore I should be fighting too You know, I was just talking to somebody recently uh, About that, for example And it's a good chance for all of us Even if we don't know the hymns It's okay It's a good chance to You know God forgive me But We can pull out a spiritual book If we get You know A little tired We can sit down We can look up at the cross And pray to God While the hymns are going on It's a good chance To be communally In front of God Doing one thing And one thing only Which is talking to God In different ways Of course Some people sing the hymns Some people You know Confessing Returning back to God Through that But the environment itself Of being in church together To pray To pray To repent and confess, and seeing others go up to repent and confess, it reminds my mind, my soul, my spirit, myself, that I need to do the same. Well, you know, I don't have the heat for God. I don't have my heart is not full of zeal as I used to. Well, maybe I should be renewing my mind, so I can regain that fervent love for Him. So I quote, "Return to my first love," as Christ said in Revelation. So I quote. I'm not lukewarm anymore. These communal settings, like liturgy of course, and we are all here doing the right thing with this communal setting in the liturgy. Yeah? Help us all and encourage us all in Christ. Set up this setting. Set up this style of community because He knows that we need each other. We need each other, you know, for support. We need each other for answers. We need each other for Prayers. And always amazes me how Saint Paul, in all his epistles, at the very end, after you know he tells them, hey, <clears throat> you know, you've been doing this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. At the end of it, he calls them saints. Usually in the beginning, sometimes also at the end. And he also always says, please pray for me. Well, aren't you talking to people who you think are doing some, you know, sinful things? Sinful meaning missing the mark. Well, yeah, but I'm missing the mark too, and we all help each other. It's a community. Also, when we talk about our fields and the need to tilt our fields, it is one of the most important concepts. Tilting the field is a process, of course, of digging in the field, stirring the field, overturning the field. What do I need to dig out of my life? What do I need that is a cavity in my life? Something that, you know, is hidden, but if I leave enough, it's cancerous. It will destroy my life. What do I need to stir up and reorder in my life? What do I need to rearrange, priorities-wise? Kids' time, church time, work time, reading time, reading for the kids' time. You know, sometimes we think, you know, we're going to befriend the kids or read about parenting, you know, when they're older, you know, it's okay. But then, you know, time flies. So, do we take care of ourselves daily? Even if we're the sentence, with a paragraph. Do we grow? Do we try to tilt our land and overturn things that shouldn't be upright Daily. Or do we just keep forgetting And a year after year goes on What do I need to overturn What tables in my life occupy My inner space of worship What tables do I need the Lord Jesus to flip away Cleaning me and making me ready for his entrance The last thing I want to say is It is time now for planting Because eventually winter is coming Like winter is outside And the time of planting is done The time is now You know, the end of 2023 is now. You know, we've over the last five years, we went through diseases, wars, you know, societal deformity and different thoughts in society that are very, you know, not upright. What other reminders do we need that this world is not what we should be conformed to, what we belong to, what we're trying to assimilate ourselves with? I'll leave it at that with that one. I just want to remind us of the story of the rich man In Luke 12, when Christ says, And he told him a parable saying, The land of a rich man brought forth plentiful. This man had fruits. His land was plentiful. The land of a rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will put down my barns. Build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich. Towards God This is a call for all of us to be rich towards God Rich meaning Sowing abundantly so we can Reap abundantly A funny story that I remembered This morning about Pope Kirillus There's a story uh, that happened With uh, Abuna Lu'a Tadrus uh, Abuna Loa Sidarus Right before he was Ordained as priest he goes to the Pope, Pope the Sixth, In the monastery To meet him Because the Pope asked for him And he goes And it's the Great Lent And Great Lent of course There is late liturgies And because Pope Kirellus Was very much taking care of his land Abundantly And he was not Ever cutting himself short Never letting a piece of his land You know, run dry Without the word of God He was Doing late liturgies And if you know Pope Kirellus His late liturgies were pretty long Pope Kirillus finishes his four or five hour late liturgy, and then Abuna, before he became Abuna, arrives in the monastery. So Pope Kirillus in order to greet Abuna, decides he needs to go into the church and greet Abuna in the church. Okay, so you finished liturgy, you're fine. It's late at night, and the church rites, when there is a late liturgy like that, you can't do anything else in liturgy and like in church. You're done. You can't do Ashaya. You already prayed all the hours of the day. You're supposed to eat and sleep so you can wake up the next day, you know, do your your, your evening uh, canon. But at the same time, liturgically, you, you already finished all the Agveya. You already finished the liturgy. You can't do asheah after liturgy. Ashaya comes before. Man's comes, you know, uh, vespers and man's come before. So, Pope Kirill shows up to the church. Alright, I came to church so I can meet with, you know, this man who's about to become priest. But, you know, what am I, I'm, I'm just going to show up to church And pray our father, no, I have to So, bountifully With everything I've got So, even though this, this is not a church right He literally came up And Tavan Abuna Lua is the one who's saying the story Because it caught his attention Pope Kyrus comes up He still opens the curtain And he prays a thanksgiving prayer Right? You've been fasting all day, you're an old man, you've been, you know, doing liturgy for all this time. You just have to think of giving prayer at least three times in liturgy already. You just finished. No, that wasn't enough. He was going to do his most. He was going to take care of his land his most. There was no moment where, you know, in the current day, he decided that was enough. No, the time to plant and to sow seeds is now, not tomorrow. I don't see results, as it says in the last verse in the Gospel today. But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. With patience, we have to be patient. God works, and God is working. But right now is the time for sowing. Is right now is the time for God's words and seeds to be planted in our hearts. Let's give Him that chance. The time of harvest is coming later in the year But we have to be patient with that Just because we don't see the seeds sprouting Does not mean I should stop cultivating my land Does not mean I should stop caring for my land Because in the rest, you know, and Pauline today cut off We didn't continue the passage from 2 Corinthians 9 But in the remaining part of 2 Corinthians 9 after he says, the point is this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. He says in verse 10, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for fruit will supply and multiply your resources and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for great generosity. God will work. How the seed sprouts, that's his job. It will come with patience But we have to trust that it is coming And we have to keep persevering In that In the, you know I'll leave you with this you Maybe look it up uh, So I don't take too much of your time But in the in the Psalms of Matins today And in the Psalm of the Liturgy It talks about how God is the one who provides We are the one who of course Need to sow sparingly Or sow bountifully We choose that But as God It is God who provides. Therefore, let's focus. And every day we say to ourselves, you know, I need to clean myself. I need to clean my land. I need to be weeding out of my field. Protection from the world through communal and private prayers. I need to be tilting my field. What needs to be tilted and overturned and stirred up? What priorities do I need to change? Because, again, year after year is running out. And we should be ready, because at some point, the time of planting will be over. Finally, we will eventually realize that if we don't put seeds now, we won't have time later, because now is the time of sowing. Later will be the time of harvest. Let us every day say to ourselves, Today, I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We just have to keep His word and bear fruit with patience. And glory be to God forever. Amen.